Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A whole bunch of people sent me this story, and different versions of the story emphasize different aspects of the story. And it wasn't until I saw the second or third one come across where I put it all together and realized what was happening here. But a man was overcharged 25 cents for train tickets. So he spent two decades going to 100 court appearances, but the court has finally ruled in his favor and he will get his 25 cents back along with some extra money. And several people sent me, like I said, this story. And a friend of mine, Justin, sent me a note and said, Steve, did you see this? And I said, yeah, it's crazy. And then he goes, it's an attorney, of course. And I said, oh. <laughs> now, my friend Justin's an attorney also. <laughs> but the story here is from Business Insider, but widely reported. A lawyer in India, it happened in India, was overcharged 20 rupees, about 25 cents, for two train tickets he bought in 1999. This legal saga began <laughs> in 1999. Y2K was still a thing. He took the railways and ticketing clerk to court. The legal battle dragged on for 22 years. Last week, the railways were finally ordered to refund him and pay a fine. Because that was one of the questions I had when my friend sent me the note and said, Steve, check this out. I said, so does he simply get a judgment for 25 cents? Does he get interest on the 25 cents? And is there any punitive nature? And my friend said, it looks like he got statutory damages and interest. So... <laughs> The man is a lawyer in India, overcharged 20 rupees, 1999, for two train tickets. Last week, after the 22-year court battle against Northeastern Railway, which is a division of Indian Railways, he was finally told he'll be getting his refund. Now, here's the quote. The man is now 66 years old, by the way. So he started this when he was 44. He's now 66. I've attended more than 100 hearings in connection with this case, he said. But you can't put a price on the energy and time I've lost fighting this case. Oh, yeah, you can. It's probably higher than 25 cents, but is it higher than $188? That's, that's the real question. <laughs> In 1999, he visited a ticket clerk and bought two train tickets, uh, both in the northern Indian state of Uttar Pradesh. And I'm not sure about the town names. I'm just going to pronounce them. But it was two train tickets to go from one to the other. Tickets cost 35 rupees each. But when he gave the ticket clerk 100 rupees, uh, he only got 10 rupees in return. So BBC News reported that he told the clerk he was overcharged by 20 rupees, or 25 cents, but was refused a refund. So he was shortchanged, of course, and angry. He decided to sue the railways and the clerk in an Indian consumer court. The legal battle dragged on partly because the railways tried to move the case from the consumer court to a railway tribunal. But we used a 2021 Supreme Court ruling to prove that the matter could be heard in a consumer court, the attorney said. So apparently, the Indian Supreme Court in 2021 ruled on a case of some sort that was parallel to this one, saying the case is appropriate to be held and heard in a consumer court. He added that delays were also the result of judges being on vacation or other types of leave. So I wonder... Other than the attempt by the railway to remove the case, what these other delays were caused by, because 100 court appearances uh, is crazy, it seems to me. Uh, the cases I've had that spun wildly out of control have me in court like, I don't know, 10, 12 times. And so 100 times would be quite a bit. 
He made those court appearances all the way through 2022, and his family urged him several times to give up, describing a decades-long fight as a waste of time. They should make a movie about this. One man battling (laughs) the big railroad. Nevertheless, he persisted. It's not the money that matters. It's always about a fight for justice and a fight against corruption. And by the way, for the people out there who are going to say, well, what's the principle here? Understand the railway could have given the guys 25 cents back 22 years ago. (laughs) Chose not to. After the epic legal battle, the railways were last week ordered to refund the man. He'll receive his 20 rupees plus 12% interest per year. And if the money's not paid out within 30 days, that interest rate will be raised to 15%. The railway also must pay him a fine of $188. $188. He told the BBC News that he hopes the case would inspire others not to give up when the fight looks tough. Don't give up. So here's the question that many people are going to ask, and I don't know the answer to. So the guy goes up to a ticket counter hands him money, they hand him tickets, they hand him change, and he goes, you shortchange me. Freeze that moment in time for a second. If you're in court one year or 20 years later, and you're being asked to prove what happened, how would you prove it? I doubt that there were closed-circuit television cameras recording what crossed the counter. I don't think this is like the cage at Bellagio, right? So the question is, what... Uh, what what would you do to prove this? And it is literally your word against theirs. Now, it's possible that if this was a significant amount of money, theoretically, if at the end of the shift, the person balances their cash drawer and you had discovery and could find out if the guy's cash drawer balanced at the end of that shift or it was off by 25 cents. And by the way, those of you who've worked with money, you know, it's kind of unusual, but, but you can work with a lot of money in a lot of transactions over a long day, and your cash drawer will be right on. It's, it's, it's funny how that works. I, I worked at a gas station, and each person at the gas station has their own drawer in the cash register. And at the end of the day, your cash register would be on the money every single time. That's just how it is. Uh, but I don't know in a situation like this, it might be crazier and busier at an Indian ticket counter in 1999. But a couple other things, uh, the fact that it was a, an attorney <laughs> means the guy wasn't worrying about his attorney fees. It reminds me of a message I got yesterday where somebody posted underneath one of my videos and said, what this guy's pointing out, referring to me, is how screwed up our legal system and how attorneys price gouge, attorneys price gouge. And the guy said, all attorneys price gouge. That's why they're so expensive. That's why most people can't afford attorneys. And I responded to that because, number one, I don't know if everyone who watches one of my videos knows that I'm an attorney. I am an attorney licensed in the state of Michigan. And so I am an attorney in the state of Michigan. And I have business. People hire me. And I am quite busy. So I charge a rate. And my rate appears to be what works for me and what works for other people. And I would consider that to have been the marketplace at work. So I responded to this guy and I said, well... You understand that, you know, supply and demand and uh, the economy and the marketplace. And uh, there are attorneys up there who charge a lot, attorneys who charge a little. And I charge a rate based on the fact that people will pay it. I do good work. They're happy with that. And I actually turn down more work than I accept. And so this guy actually wrote back. He goes, you should lower your rates. (laughs) 
someone who doesn't understand how the economy works. If I lowered my rates, I'd get even more business than I have right now, and I have all the business I can handle with the rate I'm using. But bigger here is the fact that people don't understand what price gouging means. It's actually a term of art, okay? It, it, it means a specific thing. So I looked it up to make sure I got just the right phraseology. Price gouging is when a seller increases the price of their goods or services or what have you to a level much higher than is reasonable or fair, okay? And they say it often follows a shock to the supply system or the demand. And so what happens is, for instance, a tornado goes through town or a hurricane hits town and there's no power in the tri-county area. And there's a local store selling generators, 500 bucks yesterday. Today, they're 5,000 because everybody wants one. When the power comes back on in three days, price goes back down to 500 bucks. That's price gouging, okay? Now, whether it's legal depends on where you are. Whether it's morally right depends on how you feel. And um, the point is, though, that is the description of price gouging, where something unusual happens and people can get away with charging much more than they usually charge. The state of Michigan has 35,000 attorneys in it. 35,000. I checked this morning. 35,000. And to suggest that we are all price gouging all the time, (laughs) 365 days a year, 366 in leap years, uh, and have been doing that for the last few decades, because there's nothing unusual about the supply of attorneys, nor the demand for attorneys. It's been pretty constant the last 22 years. I've been practicing law now for 31. Okay, that's quite some time. And my rates have just kind of done this over those years. There's never been a big spike where I started gouging people. There's never been a big drop where suddenly like I couldn't find work. So this guy writes to me and says, you are a price gouger because you charge so much. You should lower your rates so more people can hire you. Um, number one, that's not what price gouging is. <laughs> and number two, lowering my rates wouldn't help me and it probably wouldn't help anybody else either because it would mean that I have too much work and I wouldn't be able to handle the cases properly. And that's the point, is I try to get as much work as I can handle competently doing a good job of it and there you go. So I am not price gouging, but that reminded me of this story when I saw this about the attorney who spends 20 years and 100 court appearances to get his 25 cents back. But remember, remember, it's a matter of principle. And by the way, the extra money that got tacked on there, the um, 188 bucks, I think it was, uh, was a fine. And you should know that there are many places that have consumer statutes. Michigan used to have one where if you violate the statute, you are automatically on the hook for a small amount and then actual damages that are greater than that. But you could then bring cases for trivial amounts because you're always going to get that smaller amount. There's a threshold that you will always get. So they'll say that if you file a suit under this, you're entitled to at least $500 or your actual damages, whichever is greater. So if somebody did, in fact, rip you off for $0.25, cents, you could pursue it and say, well, I that's, $500. That's the minimum, right? So that's neither here nor there because this didn't happen in America. It happened in India. But it's a great story. It's a great story. Man overcharged $0.25 cents for train tickets two decades later and 100 court appearances. He'll finally get his refund. Business Insider wrote this 
published it. Joshua Zitzer wrote it. Mr. Davey sent it to me along with Justin, Alan, Brian, Tequila, Hamza, Chris, and Thomas. Thanks a lot. Questions, comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. There's a fine line between fishing and just standing on the shore like an idiot.